0: It's time for the Retire ASAP Podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP Podcast, where our goal is to help you find freedom from work as soon as possible. My name is Taylor Fike, and I'm really glad that we have a chance to talk today. Now, before we dive into our topic of uh, portfolio engineering, which this is our third episode in the three-episode series of portfolio engineering, before we dive into there, I just wanted to talk about a couple of things, and the first one being our Retire ASAP Toolkit. Now, some of you have heard of this, some of you have not, but Based on some of the feedback I've been getting from people, a lot of you have not heard of it. So I want to share a little bit about what we do with the Retire ASAP Toolkit. It's a free resource for you. If you're not a client of ours at Fike Advisors, it's a free resource for you to learn a little bit about early retirement. If you are already one of our clients, which many of the listeners of this podcast are already a client... You simply have to schedule an appointment and we can walk you through some very particular details for your situation. But if you're not a current client, it's something where you have access to information including a free book, a free checklist, and a free audio CD. That's going to help you consider certain ideas in your retirement as you're doing some planning towards that. Consider some certain ideas to help you get there faster. We want to get you there as soon as possible. So make sure you check that out. We'll put a link in the show notes. If you go to our website, www.fikeadvisors.com and you go to the podcast tab, there'll be some show notes there. And in that, in those show notes, we'll have a link for you to order our free toolkit. It gets mailed directly to your house. All you have to do is plug in your information. There's no charge. We pay for the shipping everything's covered. So there's no loss on your end. And at the very least, you're probably going to learn something about your own personal retirement. So go ahead and sign up for that. Again, the link will be in the show notes. That's something you're going to want to do if you have not done that already. Now aside from the toolkit, I uh, definitely want to look into some of these portfolio engineering questions that I've been receiving as of recent. A lot of them have been in one-on-one appointments with clients and they've had some questions, especially this year, about portfolio engineering, but unfortunately today I'm not going to be able to do that. But Here's what I want to do is for those of you who are listening to the podcast and you have questions and you're saying, man, I wish that uh, Taylor or Brad or whoever at the office would be." Be able to jump in and say something about XYZ question, go ahead and email me. My email address is taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at fikeadvisors.com. If you send me an email with your question, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start compiling a Q&A podcast, and this may come up here in the next month or two, but I'm going to compile a podcast of questions and answers of actual client questions or individuals who may not be clients but are listeners of the podcast because I'm finding that there are some out there, and they're kind of all over the place, which is okay because no one's on the exact same journey, but at the same time, I don't think I can jump into one topic and answer all the questions. I think we're going to have to do just a random Q&A, and we'll just kind of bounce around from place to place. I'll try to organize the questions ahead of time as much as I can, but anyway, if you do have a question, email me, taylor at fikeadvisors.com, because I think that'll be a great opportunity for us to connect and for me to actually answer your specific questions for retirement. So, shoot me an email. Love to hear from you. We'll love to be able to answer those questions here in the future. Now, when it comes to portfolio engineering, I don't want to take up all of our time this morning talking about just random stuff. I want to dive into this portfolio engineering thing. We've talked about a couple of different things. We've talked about internationals, and we've talked about designing of a diversified portfolio and such. But what I really want to dive in today about is risk, because we've talked about risk a little bit in each one of these episodes, but we haven't really hit the nail on the head because there's so much wrapped up in the idea of portfolio risk. How much risk am I taking when I invest my money into this portfolio? And so here's the big thing that I want to cover. I want to do a couple of disclaimers. First disclaimer boom 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 we are not your advisor on this podcast now i may be your advisor or brad in our office may be your advisor but whatever you hear on this podcast is for general information and education don't take this as personal advice to you because i don't know your exact situation and when i talk here on the podcast i talk very generally i'm talking 10,000 foot view Sometimes there's some different strategies and specifics that work different for individuals in certain situations. And I don't know what your situation is. So when I'm talking about this stuff, I'm really talking about broad general strokes here. So don't take it as advice. Before you do anything or make any decisions, talk to your legal advisor, your tax advisor, your financial advisor, or if that's us, come talk to us. But don't make any decisions just based off of this information. The other disclaimer I wanna put out there, and this is a popular one in our industry and you probably hear it in just about every single commercial or you read it in every article that people post about financials when it comes to investing, Past performance is not indicative of future results, which that means basically just because we're going to talk about some historical data in the stock market, that doesn't really mean much. There's no proof or there's no study to say that past performance of the markets are going to be a future predictor of what the markets are going to do. In fact, there's more research that says that markets are random and unpredictable. Now, these are all theories because no one's proved anything yet. But the reality is what we talk about here when I talk about risk taking and I talk about using historical information. These are all general measures, but they aren't exact sciences. So know this, know that when I say you need to stress test your portfolio and look at the worst case scenario, that was the worst case scenario in the past. There could be a future situation where the worst case scenario is even worse. And hopefully we don't run into anything like that, but sometime we may. And so Be prepared for those type of situations in your portfolio. There's no guarantees in what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, when it comes to investing, there's no guarantees at all. And if there's anybody that tells you there is a guarantee in investing, there's usually a way that they're making more money than you, number one, that's what most insurance companies do, or they're just plain lying to you. So make sure that you do your research on some of these things. I can give you general ideas of how to measure risk, but you cannot count on them to be your 100% fail-safe piece of information. You're gonna take some risk no matter what. Even in a low-risk or conservative portfolio design, you're still taking some risk at some point. So make sure you're really considering that when you're designing your portfolio. So disclaimers out of the way, announcements out of the way, here we go. Let's dive actually into the content. I know that in the past that this series has kind of been one of the more boring series for some people. This is a very numbers and technical type of series that a lot of people just aren't drawn to. They don't really have a huge care for all this information. But for those of you who do have the care for information when it comes to details and risk and portfolio design, This has actually been an interesting series. I I don't really love this stuff myself. If I had to come down to talk about what I'm super passionate about as an advisor, I think it comes down to really just helping families get some stuff figured out and kind of making the more complicated things look a little bit more simple to them. That's the thing that I'm passionate about. So yes, some of these numbers and things are included in that, but I would hate it. If my job were 100% sitting behind a desk, crunching numbers and designing a portfolio and trying to tweak it for the optimal return, that would absolutely just destroy my motivation to come to work. My, My honest motivation is the people that I get to work with. So while I do know some of this stuff because I have to know it for the sake of my job and knowing exactly how to help people get to where they're going... I don't love this either. So know that when we're talking about risk and stuff here that you may not hear a whole lot of excitement in my voice, but that's okay because this is important information. Whether it's fun or not, it's very important to have. And so I wanna talk about three ways that you can measure risk. And so if you have a current portfolio that you're invested in, I would suggest that after today, you jump into your portfolio login, whatever it is, whether it's through another advisor, you do it on your own through a online account, and you need to do some research on a couple of these things just to see if you actually have the information in front of you to know exactly how much risk you're taking because one of the most common questions I will ask our clients or our future clients when they come into our office, if they come in and ask for our help, I'll say, do you know how much risk you're taking with your current investments? And you would be surprised the glossy look that comes over their face as they go, hmm, I don't really know how to measure risk. And so the interesting thing is, is that I will have a client who comes in and say, I want to take very little to no risk. And I go, okay, well, let's see what you have currently. And then we can compare what we could offer you. And we look at their current portfolio and they had no idea, but their max drawdown or their potential loss in a major market downturn could be 30 to 40%. And I say, do you know that you could lose like 30% of your money in another 2008 type of market situation? And they go, no. How did you know that? And I go, and I kind of talk through all the details and they go, that's amazing. I can't believe it. I need to get out of something like this. And that's the reality for most people, because I think when it comes to investment portfolios, the majority of us are drawn to one number and one number only. What's my return going to be? right? Everyone in our industry, when it comes to investing, they care about the biggest number, which is return. Which number is my return? And am I getting a good return? Am I getting a bad return? What is my return? In reality, return is important and we need to have that. That's obviously the entire reason you invest is to get a return on your money. But the return cannot come at the cost of taking way more risk than you need to take and so you need to measure this so look for these things there's three things you need to look for these things in your portfolio you need to ask your advisor you need to log into your portfolio and look for these three things the first one is your standard deviation what is your standard deviation? now that's a pretty complicated statistical measure and if you took a stats class in college or even in high school, you probably did a few calculations of standard deviation. It's a lot of work it's averages and then squaring numbers and then finding the square root and out of it it's complicated in in some ways but it's really helpful in a lot of ways because what it does is your standard deviation will describe the standard deviation that your portfolio can have probability-wise, from your average return. So to simplify this, we can say if your average return is 7%, let's say you're averaging 7% in your portfolio, and we look at that and we say, okay, I have an average of 7%, but my standard deviation is 20. What that means is that you may have an average of 7%, but you probably have lots of different returns. Some higher, some in maybe the teens, you may have a 12 or a 14 or a 15% return. And you may have some that are negative. You may have a negative eight or a negative nine percent return as well and so what the standard deviation does is it tells us just because you have an average of seven percent doesn't mean you get seven percent every year the standard deviation does it tells us what kind of risk are you taking what kind of wide range of returns can you have because if you take two standard deviations from your average, if you add them and subtract them from what your average return is, what you will come up with is a 95% range probability of whether or not that's going to be your return in any given year. So simply put, if your return, your average return is 10% and your standard deviation is 20, you can expect 95% of the time that you will have a return in any given year between -10 and positive 30 That's basically saying real simple terms that you can have that range of return with this type of portfolio. Now, that's not saying that's 100%. That's only 95% certainty. There's always going to be those 5% outliers when it comes to low end of return and high end of return. But either way, 95% of the time, you're going to fall between negative 10 and positive 30 because your average is 10 and your standard deviation is 20. And so if you can calculate what that is, that gives you an actual expected range so that when you have a return that you don't like in any given year you can see if the portfolio is broken. With our clients what happened last year, we had that major market downturn between October, November and December at the end of the year and a lot of our clients experienced somewhere between a 10% to 20% loss in their portfolio just because the markets uh, at least the US markets were down close to 20% for the year. And so when clients were coming in saying, look, I didn't know I could lose 12%. We went back through what we originally talked about and said, remember when we went through this range, this original range that you could have between negative whatever and positive whatever on a 95% probability well this falls within that healthy range. This isn't abnormal. No, we don't like losing money, but you're not taking extra risk. This was the risk that you signed up for and you knew what you're getting into. Sometimes people forget what the bad side of the risk looks like because they love what the average or even the top end of the risk may look like when they're taking it in a portfolio. So make sure you get your standard deviation measurement because that's going to tell you the range of returns that you're likely to experience in this portfolio. Now again, when we go back to that disclaimer, standard deviation is based on history. The only way that you can come up with a standard deviation is if you have historical numbers to measure with. So when we look at that, you have to be very careful. Just because your portfolio has a standard deviation of 10 or 20 over the last 10 years, doesn't mean that it will stay at 10 or 20 for the next 10 years. So know that this is a measure of risk, but it's not a faultless measure of risk. We need to keep in mind that you need to have the longest possible time period to measure your standard deviation, because if you're not measuring with the longest possible time period, you may be missing out on some very important information in that portfolio. So keep that in mind with standard deviation. But there's another one that a lot of people use, and this is actually probably the most popular and easiest to use, and that's benchmarking. And what benchmarking is, is it's comparing your portfolio performance to a benchmark. So we can say Let's say your portfolio is a 70% stock, 30% bond portfolio, and it has mutual funds in it. It's designed by an advisor of some sort. And you have this portfolio, and it had a return last year of negative 10%. You know, it was a bad year, but you actually ended up losing less than most 70-30 portfolios because the S&P 500 lost somewhere around the range of like 17%. So we look at these numbers and we say, okay, if my portfolio lost 10%, in a bad year, but the S&P 500 lost 17%, I must be doing okay. Those are benchmark numbers. Now, the problem with benchmarking is, is while it's a good measure for risk and say, okay, I'm taking the kind of risk of what this benchmark would be taking, it doesn't always give you the full-blown piece of information because your diversified portfolio may have different asset categories. In most cases, a benchmark doesn't have different asset categories within it. Usually, they're one asset category. We look at S&P 500 as just large U.S. companies. And so if you compare a diversified portfolio to large U.S. companies, yeah, you're probably going to have less risk because you have some other different diversifiers in there that are offsetting some of those risks. At the same time, If you have an international one like MSCI Index that talks about all kinds of different countries, we look at that and you compare your portfolio to that, they go, oh, well, the international world is not doing nearly as well as my portfolio. Well, that's because you don't have 100% international in there. So benchmarking is good because it gives us a good gauge as to where our portfolio is at on the grand scheme of things. But at the same time, it's not the best measure of risk. But it is something to look at, especially with it's so easily accessible. Most investment advisors, or not only the advisors, but the websites that you use, have access to those benchmarks. They may even already put them side by side with your portfolio if you just look. So that's another way to measure risk. And then finally, one of my favorite ways to measure risk, because I think this one gives the reality check to the most people, and that is stress testing. If we take a portfolio... Let's go with that hypothetical 70% stock, 30% bond portfolio. And we take that investment, the way that it's invested, take those funds, and we look at some of the worst time periods ever for that investment. And we take those worst time periods, and we plug that investment into those time periods, and we see, what would your experience have been? Simply put, if I take a portfolio, and I take it back to 2008, what would have happened in that portfolio? What kind of stress would that portfolio have felt in the major market crash, and so when we look at something like that, it's really interesting to see the look on people's faces. If we say a client has $100,000, and if they were invested in this portfolio in 2008 with that $100,000, they would have lost 38% of their money, let's say. I'm just I'm ballparking, these aren't real numbers. But let's say they lose 38% of their money back in 2008. What does that mean for them? While percentages are really helpful when it comes to keeping things, you know, apples to apples, the problem with it is it doesn't feel real. 38% is like, oh, that sounds like a bad year. Well, let me put it in perspective. On $100,000, you lose $38,000. That means that you are down to $62,000 from $100,000. Your money is nearly cut in half. Is what it feels like and when I have that conversation with a client and I say look this is the type of portfolio you're gonna get this is your average return let me tell you about the worst-case scenario and I tell them percentage-wise and they go oh yeah okay that probably would have happened and I say well, let me tell you what the dollar amount is most of the time they either get really really quiet because they're trying to you know figure out what kind of stress they're feeling and what kind of anxiety that would bring up in them or they get really, really loud, they go, no way, that's impossible. Like, That's so much money, I can't do something like that. And here's the thing, most advisors, and I'm not trying to trash on our industry, but there are some bad advisors out there, most advisors don't talk about this number. They will happily talk about what your average return is. They will happily talk about what their diversification, all these different complexities are built into their portfolio. What they hate to talk about is what is my worst case scenario? What happened in 2008? What happened in, depending on your portfolio, maybe 2008 wasn't even the worst time period. What happened in my worst case scenario? Stress test this portfolio. And don't give me hypothetical numbers. Don't give me all the stuff that's doctored up and makes it look good. Give me the real raw numbers. If I were invested in these companies at this time, if they were available What would have happened? Because this is a real situation that could possibly happen. In my lifetime, for sure, in most of our lifetimes, we're going to see another market crash. It's just inevitable. That's how the markets work. There's ups, there's downs, there's really good years, there's really bad years. We're going to see another market crash. We cannot be counting on every year to be a good year. We need to know what our risk is in those years. Now, One thing to think about, investing is a long-term game. Just because there are really bad years doesn't mean we stop taking risk. It just means that we need to plan accordingly. It's okay to take a little bit more risk when you're younger because you have more time to recover, but we don't want to be taking that kind of risk at 55 if you want to retire at 57. We don't want to be taking that kind of risk at 60 if you're looking to retire at 65. We need to make sure that we're looking and understanding and knowing what our potential drawdown is, and we're making decisions according to that. Because while we can talk about numbers all day long, and I can try to find you the absolute best portfolio design, I can try to find you everything that you need when it comes to taking risk and measuring and getting all this stuff out of a portfolio, the reality is Those numbers mean nothing if they're not tied to a retirement goal. We need to know what is the purpose of all this money? What are we even trying to accomplish? Are we just trying to accumulate as much money as possible, Well, yeah, that's nice and all, but if that's the goal, then you're never going to be satisfied with what your portfolio does. Are we aiming for a certain type of retirement goal? Well, if that's the question and you have an answer to that, yes, we're trying to aim for this. We want to retire at 58 and we want to be able to travel or we want to be able to just stay at home and spend more time with our grandkids or whatever. If that's tied to it, we design a portfolio based on that goal. Now we don't really care whether or not we have an average return of five or 10, but we care about is what's our average return and how far is that going to get us towards our goal. That's a different conversation. And that's a conversation you need to have with your advisor. If you haven't already had that conversation, if all you do is go into your advisor's office, sit down, talk about the numbers and go, huh, okay, it was a good year or last year was a bad year, then you're doing it wrong. And I need to be the first one to admit that when I first started in this industry, that's all I did with our clients. I sat down and I just talked about the numbers. And I've missed an opportunity because what you really need as an individual is a plan with your money. And so you need to sit down with your advisor. You need to ask the tough questions. Hey, if I want to retire at 60, how do I get there? And if your advisor doesn't have a good answer for you, it might be time to find a new advisor. Because the reality is, if they don't know how to get you to where you want to go with your money... What's the point of working with them? That You're hiring them to help you with something that you don't already know how to do. If it comes down to portfolio design, there's a thousand guys that can do that. But there's only a few of them that are going to do it the right way and help you plan towards a goal. So make sure you find that advisor and ask those questions. Make sure you're measuring your risk. Make sure you know what's going on with your money. It's all fun and games when you say, Oh, well, I hired you to do all that work. I don't really need to know that. It's all fun and games to say that, but the reality is if you don't know what's going on with your own money, it's not someone else's fault if something goes wrong with it. Honestly, I hate to say it. I do this with my own stuff too. If you don't understand something completely, you shouldn't be doing it, especially when it comes to your money. Because yes, an advisor is there to help you with the complicated, but they should be there to help you understand it, not just to do it for you. So make sure you're asking these questions. You need to know about risk. You need to have a plan. You need to know what you're doing. And then you need to talk to your advisor and make sure you're both on the same page. So if you're looking for an advisor, I don't know if you are, but if you are, we're taking on new clients here at Fike Advisors. If you're just looking for a free complimentary conversation with us, we do that all the time. Our first appointment with anyone is free just because we want to sit down or we even even do it over the phone a lot of the times. We just want to talk about what your situation is. We can't help everyone. It's kind of funny because a lot of advisors ask us, you know, how we get our clients, I say, well, in reality, we turn away a lot of people because when they come into our office, they may not have something we can help them with. And so we want to have that first conversation for free because we want to make sure this is something we can actually help you with. Then we want to explain to you what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and the cost that's going to be included in that because we don't want you coming in blind thinking that, oh, well, I don't know how much this costs. We want to go through all those details with you. So if you're looking for an advisor and you want to connect with us, you can do that through our website. There's a contact us page you can always shoot me an email. My email address is taylor at Fike Advisors. We talked about the beginning of the podcast. Just shoot me an email. I have a calendar. We can set up an appointment on there. It's really, really simple just to get everything organized. But I think what you really need to do, and if there's one thing I can send you home to do, Go home to your portfolio or talk to your advisor and measure the risk. Know what your worst case scenario is. Know what your standard deviation is. Compare yourself to some benchmarks and see if things are going as planned. That's all I have for you today. Thanks for joining me. We'll be back here in the next couple of weeks with a new podcast and a new series. I'm not quite sure what we're going to talk about completely yet, but I'm really leaning towards something in the tax world or maybe even the cash flow world. We'll talk about something new. We'll start maybe a, a two or three episode series based on that stuff. So stay tuned. If you have questions about the podcast or if you're looking for help with your finances, give us a call or shoot me an email. And we'll talk to you soon.